3: Hi, I'm Herb Dean. If you like MMA, and if you like to laugh,
1: check out the One Punch podcast at BT Sport. This is Bruce Buffer. Tune in to the One Punch pod on BT Sport.
0: So we are back. It is the One Punch UFC pod here on BT Sport with me, Brian Lacey, and... Brad, one punch Pickett. Wow, there's some gusto in that, that mate. Is, How are you feeling? Uh, rejuvenated. Yeah. You had a little break, you had a little break. In fact, we should apologize.
1: Sorry, we went around last week. Uh, Brad, you were in Malaga, yes. I was in Malaga. Where we... were you, mate? Let's hear you say this again because it uh, was, I was in Malaga doing the MMA summer camp that me and uh, Luke Barnett took with the Lilius Oh, my god, you yes. got me, yes. Lilius Barnett. Yeah, oh, mate, it took you three goes last time. Oh, mate, yeah. So, yeah, we did that. Uh, we do, we're number, In Malaga, yeah. yeah just... Malaga. We got another one going in October. It's just literally uh you out there for four days friday saturday sunday uh, is there
0: Monday. any mma because i saw a lot of you on the beach mate that's nah, when no. i was Actually, when to I was... be
1: honest, it's a lot of mma we, we, we train twice a day and it's it's kind of just a fun environment you know to be around obviously i wish with, i'd been there with with i was supposed there, to be there for this one me well. and there's always going to be a fun yeah. environment so we train you learn how to kick you know kick butt and we'll have a bit of fun and you also have to
0: avoid Luke Barnett's toes because oh, they might Maybe I thought your toes were bad mate now I understand as, as an athlete as a fighter you kick a lot of stuff so your toenails might not be in the best yeah. of shape
1: I had to post that just to prove to people to my wife look there's toes out there worse than oh, mine
0: I've, I've known Luke for a long time now three four years and, and he's always walking around in flip flops and every time like he's got them kicking around there's always something going on with his feet Man, I, I won't go near that he, he literally
1: look like a white walker yeah he's got that a rock thing, but yeah, again, like me, I always try and coach and help people out. So I was trying to give him a bit of advice because my feet roughly do the same. I, but mine's on my the ball of my foot. It splits quite a lot, and it's when it gets really dry. So, so <laughs> there's people tuning out right away. Yeah, yeah they're yeah. having their lunch and vomiting so into their hummus I do, right now. I, I always sleep with my socks on. I wear socks as much as <laughs> possible. It just keeps my feet nice <laughs> and Mi- moist.
0: Lucky no, Mrs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pickett yeah. There you e- go.
1: Everything with my socks on.
0: Like, oh my goodness. <laughs> Can we just have a minute silent for Sarah Pickett, please? Oh, it'll be okay, a bit yeah. weird, but uh, so I wasn't even supposed to be here this week as well. So I was supposed to be off on my fortieth gallivanting around in uh, fly fishing. Apparently, my brother's taking me to. So I thought he's he's a pilot. He might take me Ghana. Yeah, you know. Saint Lucia, somewhere like that. No, we're, we're off. Very to,
1: deserving. That's really, yeah. Uh, 40th, he's been a
0: pilot. Obviously, has these air miles he could give you. Just cheap flights, first class, mate. Flying around in Emirates. That I thought that was going to be it. And he said, "Yeah, book yourself this time off." I thought it's definitely it now, and he's taking me fishing just outside devices and uh, like an army town in Somerset. So, yeah.
1: However, okay, minute silence.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, but yeah, I, I jack my knee, mate. I jack my knee. So, yeah, I've got a
1: really bad knee. And we look, we
0: look like the most pathetic
1: people walking towards no, no, the today. No, no, we look gangster That's what you're yeah. I'm, tell, I'm telling everyone we're I'm Middle aged men with a limp. I've been listening to MWA. I'm walking with a, what I call a limp drag. A limp and a drag foot. <laughs> it's like. It's Mine's cool. more drag, drag, limp, drag. Drag, drag, limp. So, uh, you're not perfected at what my, my, mine. I'm like, yeah, I,
0: I might need to just hold hands with you on the way back because I'm really, it's really yeah, that's sore, mate. It's really sore. <laughs> so, I shouldn't even be walking, uh, but we're back. So, there you go. You got two old men back in your ears on your uh, screens if you're watching us out uh, there on YouTube. It's your 40th birthday coming up, right? It is 40, mate. 40 years old. Wow, I,
1: I, I wonder how that's gonna feel. It's,
0: you would never know. No, A long I would never way to, yes. yeah, yeah. yeah, shut yeah. Up. <laughs> Shout out. But we're back and uh, we thank you once again for joining us. Really appreciate uh, the support. Just to let you know what the plan is for the show so far. So we are extending our four-week uh, trial with with BT Sport. Um, we've got some plans for the show. We are looking for sponsors to take on the show and help us bring it forward. We want to do some big things with this. Um, so, yeah, keep tuned, keep uh, supporting it, and we will keep you um, abreast. Of, uh, of what uh, what is going to go on and what is going to happen. So what we what is on this week's show? We have a little look back at RDA versus Kevin Lee, uh, that card. Guests, we've got some amazing guests today, mate. I'm so excited. Jack Amanson and also Platinum Mike Perry join us. Some listener questions and then we'll have a little look forward to uh, uh, UFC Stockholm, Gustafsson versus Anthony Smith. Are you ready for this, mate? Yeah? Go, you go. Let's go. go. Girl, well, let's go. start with uh, that, the UFC we just had at the weekend. So... Should we start with RDA or do we start with what was potentially one of the 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 best UFC debuts of of any fighter that we've seen in uh in our, uh,
1: well of the UFC? Let, let's start with that uh, the street fighter kind of like he's obviously Mitchell
0: Pereira taking on Danny Hot Chocolate. Um, and that was Robert. This, sorry.
1: Listen, this, this reminded me of like uh, one of the old, old UFCs where there was no weight classes because it was
0: huge, I paused my TV because I was I, I, had it, I was sat watching it last night and I paused the TV to see them side by side, and it made no sense. It made no. I have no idea how bad his weight cut is. I have no idea how much he cuts to make that. But he
1: looked like a he's he's a genuine middleweight. He's not a welterweight no he he looked absolutely massive and like uh yeah i mean Crazy athletic, being that big as well, he was very. Oh, you saw what he was doing, and you're like even anybody like, so was getting announced doing the capoeira stuff on the uh, on the mat when uh, he was being announced. He has one of those sort of stars. I, I feel for Danny Rob. Danny Rob was kind of like uh, like a deer in headlights. You know, when you're just watching someone doing what they're doing, you're not thinking about what you want to do because you're like, what? This, what is this? This for me, this guy looks like he doesn't even know what he's doing. So how can I guess what <laughs> he's doing? You know, so like so, you see, know, yeah. I mean that. The transitions that he was doing, like running down... The footwork, the crazy you know, like, footwork coming the, forward. Think, Two Showtime
0: kick attempts off, off the cage. And then for me... I, but you see that when he did that, I thought the cage was going to... <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> but then um the the thing that got me was the, the first right hand he hit Danny Roberts with. And I was like, that is from hell, that right hand. Because it's it, Danny Roberts stiffened up and he, he was still there. But there was such force in that and it was actually the right hand that finished him it was a jump knee to two right hand but as far as like power in that division if you are looking at that as a debut but as far as you looking up the division if you're in that welterweight division what are you thinking when you watch somebody like that?
1: Exciting as a fan of the sport very <laughs> exciting to watch you know he's like one of those people like you'll pay money to watch this fight but as like as a coach I'd say he's one of those stars It's like very like Risk versus reward. Yeah, it's very flashy, very flamboyant. Looks great, but as you see, he has a, a bit of a mixed record because sometimes he gets found out. You know, like so. Like I say, it's really fun to watch, but he can run onto something. His hands are down. He's all over the place. So against certain level guys, he may get caught unstuck. But it's very hard to train for. I remember back in the day training with these guys in the gym, and they're just like so so hard to predict you, yeah. for me I used to just bite down on my mouthpiece and go forward I'm just gonna I'm not because you can't connect you can't stand there and let them do what they do yeah. you have to just like just uh like, oh here we go bite down on my mouthpiece let's just throw bombs <laughs> <laughs> and hope, hope it ends well you know? um, well let's we,
0: we had a little chat before the uh, uh, the show about UFC debuts where's that rank because we talked about Anderson Silver, Chris Lieben Overeem versus Brock Lesnar I mean do we find that where that ranks further that's, down the line I mean, when he's maybe had a few more fights, or
1: can we can that stand alone? As, yeah, I as... mean, that, I mean, that's very very impressive. Obviously, you have people like Conor McGregor's debut was good, but there's there's a lot of people who had hype coming into the event. You know, mm. then you 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 already got already got eyes on them. Where this guy, I no one knew about this guy, yeah, and then he gets in, and and like you say, he's, he used to fight on, uh, um i think in japan and stuff like that So he's so Ro- road of yeah, i think yeah. he's been on so as like, well, yeah. a few others so but he's, i th- i think altogether he's nearly had 30 fights i may be wrong yeah. so he's been fighting a long time you know so uh so it's not as if he's like a newcomer to the sport maybe But sometimes he just takes a little bit of being in the right place at the right time, i.e. meeting the right people, having the right fight, where right people seeing you fight, and then you get a call out, go find the UFC, and now you, that's the thing with the UFC, it has the biggest audience, you know, so like, there's other shows in Asia and stuff like that, where, where you, you could be like other shows, you could be a, a top, top fighter, but people don't know who you are. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh but in the UFC cuz the scale was so big, you know, boom, you could be a superstar overnight. Yeah, and he's, he's
0: got these we've got the style without
1: a doubt. Yes, now exactly. it's a case of if he can cope you with a level of
0: competition. You want to watch him 100%. Fight. Yeah. Um so we'll also talk about a fight you always want to see. It's third time they fought Nick Lentz versus Oliveira, another superb fight they fought uh twice before,
1: once got overturned because of a, a DQ knee, I think. Yeah, I yeah, I think what the, he actually got, I think, he got submitted That's in, right. in that fight. The but then, when, it, when they looked back at it, it was like a, a, a illegal. illegal knee that yeah. rocked him a little bit. Then, then he got submitted. So, but uh, yeah, I thought uh, Charles Oliver looked fantastic in this fight. You know, um, obviously so, everyone knows about his ground game. He stands very tall, very tall. Because he, had, he don't mind getting taken down because yeah. he has such great Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah. So, um, but he has very good, what I call him, Muay Thai. So he, he threw some beautiful Superman elbows. elbow. Did you it, see the it, Superman man, elbow, mate? It's probably, it's, it's probably equivalent to my Superman punch with my little <laughs> small arms. So he's probably still <laughs> got a longer reach for me. He's got a longer reach <laughs> than I have, even with a Superman elbow. But um, yeah, so just stuff like that. It was, it was really good, good to see. And then you, you saw him, uh, I believe it was in um, round two, where if he hurt him and then got a guillotine looked like Nick. Right, that's what I was going t- to ask you yeah. about because he definitely held his hand up as it like when you see when they're looking ready to tap. One tap happened. Yeah. It, the, the rule is it's got to be more than one tap. Yeah. Is it two minimum? Two. Yeah. So, but, but it's one of those ones where I think he went to tap and he kind of just one and then but then no, like he's one of those, it was tight, really tight but he was loosening up, you know, so it's kind of like, how long can he hold on there was for?
0: N- there was no complaints from Oliveira. Though. That's the thing. the end the of the day,
1: the, the results... Fact, the the, the result only thing was...
0: that happened was he up-kicked him on the floor then, so almost... Yeah, ended. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> What's that? Um, but then he finished him with uh, yeah, a beautiful. Was it straight right? Straight right. right. Yeah. Straight, right yeah. straight right. Dropped him and hammer fist on the floor. So he's no. beaten him twice now. And and he says now
1: stop giving me unwracked opponents. Yeah, he I does. Wa- he. I mean, I'm right. So he's been in there a long time. He. I think he's got the most submissions in UFC history. Fourteen finishes in uh, in in. Um,
0: in that division, but yeah, yeah. within that, he's got uh, I it's think... crazy
1: amount of submissions. Yeah, that's I'll be surprised. Because people now, you just want to get records now. So I would have hurt him on the feet like he did, and just gone down and tried to submit him just to get a, <laughs> get, get get an extra <laughs> submission. Just and, to be in that's that. the thing with with, it, with his ground game. It's like it's some people get submissions. It's not he's not easy to submit people at the highest level. Really not. Sometimes when you get submissions, it's normally when someone's getting a bit fatigued yeah. and, and stuff like. That. But he's submitting people. Straight away, you know, Creighton We like. I remember. I can't remember who it was against. Maybe Cub Swanson or something like that. When when he got in with a, a calf slice, it was oh, a, be- yeah, it was a yeah. beautiful one. You know, like yeah. just just stuff. Stuff he's doing is just like. Impressive, yeah. you know, impressive. see against high-level guys as well.
0: So speaking of impressive, there had two ladies on the card with very impressive performances. Aspen Lad took on Sejari uh, uh, C- Eubanks. That was fight of the night, um, which was an amazing three-round fight. Third round was a particularly epic. Ash Aspen Lad now in the bantamweight division, still undefeated. I think seven or eight and zero now. So she's looked she looked great in that. And then Felice Felicia Spencer beat uh, Megan. Anderson uh, by rear naked choke, and they were both former 145. You said in this Victor champions, champions, yeah. um, and she finished her in in the very first round. The uh, so that was a good yeah. good, good yeah, performance. Yeah, I
1: mean, like she, she's she's uh, she has um, a very very good BJJ. You know, apparently I, I didn't know much about her, but you hear, hear the commentators on the chat going on about a really really good BJJ, uh, and she has. I think she's black belt in, in taekwondo. That's right. You no, know, but yeah. I, I, it was impressive. I was in a few times. I thought she was going to fall off just because of the body types. are yeah, so sure. different. She's five six, and yeah. uh, Megan six foot. Megan's six foot. So what's that? It's like twelve inches? Look no, twelve. <laughs> Is My it God. in your house, mate? Six <laughs> socks six on, six, and you've got six, so, got... <laughs> six inches. That's a six inch difference? I think so. Yeah. 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 So yeah. like, that's 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 a big big difference, you know, yeah. and uh, especially. When you're uh you, know, you could easily fall off. As you know, I thought, the, well, sometimes the hooks were going to fall out. But, but should um, really good
0: control to regain position yeah. and patient with the, with getting getting the choke. Uh, right. And the submission. What well, my my favorite bit was the interview though, because Paul Felder came in, and he's I'm enjoying Paul Felder. Yeah, he's fine. Uh, I think he's great. I think he's funny. I think he's uh, he's also he's yeah. I think he gets respect of the fighters because of how he that like, his fighting style as well. Um, but he went in there and he said, and it, it was pretty much the same question where you, you go and you say, so what do you want next? So he said you've just
1: taken out Megan Anderson. Now what do you want next? And may have Holly home if she wants to do that again. Uh, and then all she then you just bubble. So
0: yeah. So this, basically, Felice just went well. There's, there's there's not much else, is there? So I think yeah. maybe Cyborg and, and Felicia. That's but that's a scary division, that because there's only a not few really, people. Yeah, you fight it's one not... person and then you're fighting Cyborg, so that's why it's scary.
1: It's 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 a quick route to a to a title, though. Yeah. Uh,
0: and let's talk about uh, on a, on a march to to a title shot, maybe in this in this lightweight division, because a uh, welterweight, I should say, uh, Kevin Lee versus RDA and. RDA has been one of those fighters that has achieved a lot and he's he's looked good in in a lot of fights. But for me, it's, it's always been something where you know, like real one percent of one percent that top. And I think he showed in that that he's got to to stuff the amount of takedown attempts Kevin Lee with the level of wrestling, yeah. and then to be the first person to take Kevin Lee down since 2016, and he took him down four times.
1: Yeah, multiple times. Yeah, that that for the, the, me shows how good he is. Going into this fight, I mean, like when I looked at this, it was like it's got to be quite a mental challenge for, for RDA because he's coming off two losses against two very similar styles, yeah, Cobra sure. Covington, uh, Usman. And that's how he got beat. He got out, out grappled and wrestled from a wrestler. And Kevin Lee is that, is that style. Maybe he's not as big as these uh, uh, other two, uh, coming up from one, uh, 155 but it is the same sort of style. And, um, even when you look at this fight, it's a lot closer, but arguably, if it was a three-round fight, you could have maybe gave it to uh, Kevin Lee if it was just a three-round fight. Arguably, it was very, very close in those rounds. But you could see him fading. You see Kevin Lee fading. Give it, and uh, RDA looked great in that, uh, like, Didn't look like he was getting tired and still very calm. And it was brilliant seeing him him getting some takedowns. But I think mentally that is a massive mental tick for him. Not only one coming off two losses in a row, it's always mentally challenging. But then to fight the similar style to the two guys you just got beat by... And to come through that uh, adversity, it was it was great, you know? yeah. Yeah, really super.
0: And I think I should give a little shout out as well to Jason Perillo. He's he is a real mastermind, and he's he's got a strange camp. So he, I don't I don't know exactly what you call the gym he works at, but he works he worked with Bisbing, um, he works with Tito Ortiz, Cyborg, uh, who else is in that? B J Penn goes and trains there every so often. So it's a real mixed bag of. <laughs> of bodies and people at different stages of their career. But RDA even said, Perillo in the fourth round before he uh, finished it, said Perillo gave me one thing to adjust and it changed everything. And that says a lot about a coach. Really what understand. was that? What so was he said, work, work from the jab a little bit more. So he worked from the jab. And then when he made contact, this was the bit that impressed me. Kevin Lee had the single leg and he stayed balanced. And then when Kevin Lee went to the floor... That's when he set up the finish. So he went for that head and arm. But he just you can tell there's something about Perillo. I think like genuinely he is. He might not be given as much credit as someone like a Winklejohn or a Jackson or, or even a Mike Brown. But I think he I think he's a real mastermind when he works individually with people.
1: Yeah, I mean, some sometimes when like oh, I said this a few times, uh, when you go to these big big camps, you know, sometimes you get lost in the shuffle a little bit. So sometimes if you go to someone someone like him, and I know he works with big guys, but you not then you just you're just bringing in guys bodies, bodies for you, bodies, bodies yeah. for you to do and work on. And it's all about you, and it's just um, aimed at your benefits you know it, 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 it could be really good you know you get a lot more attention should i say if you're in a big big big, big camp sometimes you get you get lost
0: so that was a superb performance from rda interesting kevin lee posted that like a really heartfelt emotional Post on on Instagram saying everything felt perfect, everything felt like it was coming together. I cut out all the rubbish that was causing like white noise in, in all my other camps, and I felt perfect. But it still wasn't enough. And that's with well, the way he says it. This is this is a hard sport, mate. Yeah. You can on your best day, you can
1: have your worst day. But but that's the thing, is And I, I feel for him because like you can see that he's competition driven, so he's not just doing this just for a job. Yeah. And he's like, I'm. I, I kind of just being. Reminds me a little bit what I did. You know, like, he was in one division and he was trying he said, and trying to be the top and falling short, falling yeah. short. Okay, right, I'm going to try and reinvent myself, go to a different weight class and see how this goes. And then, like, the fall over at the first hurdle uh, as such, he's like, he's going to get back He's like, what am I going to do now? You know, but then, if I was his coach, I'll I speak to him, you think about it, it's so many people like Michael Bisping, Robbie Lawler, have been around a long time, Cowboy Cerrone, now they're all looking good now in different stages of the career just totally. stick out. He, and he's still very young. You know? Totally. So, so totally you know your time may come it might not be now but you know you used to get stick with the process you know your target will
0: eventually come so speaking of time coming there is somebody that is flying up that middleweight division and we're very lucky to have him on the show so what we're going to do is jump to a call now with the one and only the joker mr jack Hermanson. so here we are we are joined by the joker himself mr jack Hermanson. thanks for joining us mate
2: Thank you very much for having me. Nice to
0: be here. It's good to have you. We've uh, uh, been excited to talk to you. There's been uh, a wave of uh, support for what you've been doing in your division right now. Just uh, sum it up for us. These these last few months especially, what's it been like, this this turning of the corner where suddenly you're now at number five in the rankings and all talk is about you working your way towards that, that, that gold belt finally?
2: Yeah, it has been a great ride, you know, starting off with uh, a big victory over David Branch. so. Uh, I came into the rankings and straight away I got a new shot at a high-level opponent in Jacare and managed to win that one as well. So it's been a great lift for me and I feel like I'm in a totally new position in the sport and it's it's a great time right now.
0: And you're also in one of the toughest divisions in the sport and I've got to be honest with the way that you've come into it and the two victories particularly that you've just had, uh, you are fresh blood in that, but you have really made a name for yourself. The, the, the game plan and the execution against Jacare was amazing. The finish against David Branch was just extraordinary. That guillotine that, that I'm going to ask you about a little bit later on w- was stunning. But you put a post up where you said there's only one logical fight now. You're number five in the world. The only fight that makes any sense is Kevin Gastelum. Is, is that something that you've been, you managed to open talks about? Is, is it on the table?
2: It's nothing that the me and the UC has been talking about yet, but uh, I really hope that uh, that's the fight that will uh, happen. But I really do feel like this is the only fight that makes sense right now. I'm coming up to two big wins, and uh, I definitely deserve to, to fight the, another one in the top five, um, me being ranked number five right now. And uh, everybody else is uh, is booked for a fight, so uh i feel like uh yeah me and calvin have to to fight for uh, for a better position I, I think that's
1: the fight obviously that's the position you're in which is quite tricky where obviously you're you're ranked high up now and the like i say the people above you are a bit tied up and you got to wait to see how fights pan out and then yeah. it's quite risky sometimes cuz i mean the ufc they're full of, full of killers and like then you got to fight someone behind you and they May have the chance to do what you've done, like leapfrog people. So it's one of those risks. Do I want to keep myself busy and keep fighting and you know, put my look fight behind me, or do I wait in line and, and wait until on above me? So it is a very tricky situation to be in as a fighter. Yeah, it is. And uh, like
2: before in my career, I always just uh, said yes to any fight uh, and love to be an active fighter. Yeah, you're going to be in the right fight uh, where I'm at now. And, uh, if I can't get the good one, uh, I will have to wait a little bit. But um, I, I really hope to, to fight another time this year and and this fall uh, in October will
0: be perfect for me. And I also just want to ask you a li- little bit about how you got into fighting because I saw uh, uh, I follow you on, on Instagram and I saw there's a, there's a little bit of you holding pads for your li- little brother. Was was that a case of you two just going at it when you were you were kids growing up and rough and tumble and then you suddenly got a little liking for the sport I mean I mean, what got you interested in, in, in MMA and martial arts
2: yeah um, you know I remember my uh, my father was just doing uh, a training with a buddy of his when uh, I was I think I was like five years old or something uh, uh, his friend uh, trained Euro and that's my first memory of martial arts and uh, after that I was like that looked so cool and uh, then I got a couple years older and I started watching Bruce Lee movies and both me and my, my brother uh, were great fans uh, of Bruce Lee. So we started imitating the movies and uh, we started to get interested in martial arts. We, we uh, rented books and uh, everything that we could get to uh, learn about martial arts. Uh, and we trained the practice on each other. We we fought you know. and. Uh, both uh, for real and, and uh, sometimes just for fun. <laughs> and, uh, you know, our, brother are, our brothers are. And um, and then uh, when I was nine years old, I because I wanted to start in, like, kung fu or something, you know, but my mom, my mother wouldn't let me. I, I, I managed to convince her that I, I can start in, um, in wrestling. So uh, that's what I did. And uh, I was wrestling when I was nine years old and uh, wrestled for ten years. And uh, you know, in, in my teens, I found um, MMA on the internet, and I figured out that when I was down with wrestling, uh, I would transition to MMA. So uh, I was training in MMA when I was about 19 years old.
0: Wow! And what does uh, what does Mama Hamanson think of what what you're doing now? And and does, does does she watch the fights? Does she come to the fights? uh
2: she's super proud, but she has a hard time to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, do, does she does she keep up with the results does she watch any of the highlights or uh, uh, do you just have to come back and she looks at your face and goes whether it went well or, or, or the otherwise
2: my siblings uh, tell her how, how it goes so they are uh a Source
0: of information. (laughs) That's cool. And speaking of your siblings, it was it was documented on I think Ariel Hawani's show. I didn't know that one of your brothers is a tattoo artist, and he's one of his first tattoos is is on your derriere. Is that right, mate?
2: (laughs) (laughs) That is right. That is (laughs) right. That's a safe place to have. (laughs) That's
0: a safe. And is it is it true? it is I love MMA. That is true. (laughs) (laughs) Is it one cheek or all the way across? That's all. I'll stop picturing it (laughs) after this. I promise.
2: It's one one cheek and uh, you know eye and then a heart and a <laughs> <another> nose. <name. laughs> and, and has
0: he uh, has he done any more art on you? Is it has he done Because I know you've got tattoos on your on your arms and uh, chest. Have you got any? Has he done any? Has he done any of those bits of art? Yeah, yeah, he has. He has. You
2: know, he he has done a few on me, but I uh, will probably get some more. He he it's, uh, it's a skill as well, and he, he's getting better for every year. And uh, and uh, right now he's really successful, so. Uh, I would love to get some more uh, ink from me. So uh, big shout out
0: to to, to my brother Rex tattoo. Excellent, excellent. It's a good job that he's good as well because your tattoos are great. But imagine if he was terrible at, and you still had to, as a brother, kind of give up your skin to uh, to show your love and support. <laughs> yeah, just practiced uh, yeah, on exactly. me. You know?
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did, he did. Uh, Not too much on me, but uh,
1: you know, I have a, another brother and he, he has some practice actually. So, <laughs> so <laughs> well, at least you can have a really good trade off. He goes like, oh, "Can I just practice?" time you come back and can I practice this choke or can I practice this on you so like maybe a bit of a trade off he ruins your body you can ruin his <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> excellent I look look. I also I, I just love what you're about mate you're, you describe yourself as just an ordinary guy and and you're far more than that because in this sport you're doing extraordinary things without a doubt. But one of the things you love to do is is disappear off into the wilderness. Is that right? You just love to go hiking or into the mountains. Is that the sort of thing that is the sort of yin to your yang of, of, of the craziness that is the UFC and, and, and fighting?
2: It really is. It's a place where I love to, love to escape, you know, into nature. And I came home from a four-day trip into the forest right now. So I just came home yesterday. So uh, as soon as I uh, have an opportunity, I I always go out and uh, uh, enjoy the nature and, uh, you know, sleep outside, a lot of fishing and just... uh yeah, being in the moment, uh, I love
0: that. Before this fight, I think it was the, but actually before the David Branch fight, you had a, 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 a quite a nasty rib injury, right? You had the uh, costochondral separation, which I I had a look at the pictures Thankful. of how how that works, and just yeah. describe what it is. But the thing that got me is how how far separated it was. That uh, something like seven or eight millimeters, is that right? Yeah, uh,
2: yeah, that's that, that's right. It was eight, eight millimeters and. Um, basically the where your rib is connected to your rib cage cartilage, and uh it basically where I went for a judo throw when my opponent uh, held around my rib cage and when I went uh, uh for the throw uh, the rib just separated uh, and it wasn't uh, <laughs> there anymore you know so yeah. um yeah it was a very very painful situation and uh I think that's the most painful uh, fight that I ever had, and uh, I really have to dig deep in that fight because when you're, the one thing was when your opponent was moving and laying on top of you, that hurt. But when you were moving yourself, you know, and trying to crunch in uh, in different uh, positions, that was the worst, man. And uh, I felt like I was uh, almost fainting uh, several times in the fight wow. just because of the pain really
1: really painful actually yeah i've actually suffered that twice uh only in, yeah, tra- I- only in training though and it's when <laughs> it's so painful like, i still now i have deformed ribs and people see me my top i've got these look, look like extra abs but they're not abs and there's um, two
0: pointing out ear bits and yeah. you
1: probably can relate to this so the recovery of this is like the hardest thing to ever get out of bed you lay in bed when you lay down for me it was fine to get out of bed was impossible. I had to roll <laughs> off, roll off, and fall onto the floor into like a press-up position. Somehow trying, somehow trying to climb, but I, yeah, I couldn't use my stomach, my abdominals in any way. And You don't realise how much you, you rely on them. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I, I don't mind in the same sort of twisting motion like that. So when I, I got hook from the side control, and I had a real big guy on top of me holding me hard, and I was trying to power out of it, and I turned so hard, and then I went bop bop boop. Bump, bump. And it was actually when I was in Russia. So I don't know when I was in Russia. Yeah. Oh, ouch. So, what's yeah. what's the recovery time for that? How long. long were you out? I I think it
2: was three months before I could uh, spar again. Wow. It. Yeah, it was long. So yeah. Uh, it took some time, actually, to, to, to get that together. So Basically, you're starting to train other stuff that you can do. But in the start, before before it's connected again, uh, you know, when you move, you feel it's like pop, you know, uh, it's popping out of position, it's popping into position. And so you have to get a little bit careful in the start. And then when it's not moving anymore, then you can move a little bit more and, uh, yeah, work your way uh, in there again.
0: All right, so I'm going to ask you a few questions that we've had sent in from listeners. So on Twitter, at Harvey Dickens, it wants to know your predictions for Whittaker versus Adesanya. How do you see that one going?
2: I will have to go with Whittaker. Um, I will never underestimate that guy anymore. Because, you know, you watch him over the years and you just like, ah, oh, maybe that one is a too big of a task for him. He's very impressive. Very good to execute his game plans. Uh, he's one of the guys that's 100% focused from the start to the end in the fight. It's great, great up great, great combination. I think he he, he will pull it off uh, against Arisanya. Arisanya has uh, shown to be very, very good himself, but I, I just believe in uh, in Robert, uh, so I think he will get it.
0: Then there's JTX186Davis on on Twitter. If you got off with a lower ranked opponent, would you take it?
2: It, it depends who it is and uh, you know uh, how the conversation is with see do they tell me, like, okay, if you take this one, you will get this for next one, or, you know. Um, sure. Yeah, it, it, so, uh, it's it's hard to say, but Chris Weidman is a former champ, but he has lost four out of his five last fights, so, he's not that fun to fight him, but, you know, he's a former champ, so, so maybe. Uh, you have uh, Anderson Silva, you know, he, now he, he came from a, a loss again, but, you know, he's a legend, and it's always fun to fight a legend. So there are some fights that could possibly happen, but not not too many of them. I, I would really love to to fight a guy that's higher ranked than me, and especially since I stepped in there and basically saved the card in uh, in Florida uh, on short notice against uh, a great guy, you know, I, I just fought, and um, yeah, with those two straight victories, I feel like I, I deserve a. It's a five guys so, uh, we, we think around, so too uh, mate yeah.
0: we think so too as well that's what I believe and then uh, this is about your guillotine at scoff goal on Instagram said when did you realise you had such an awesome guillotine and uh, how do you keep catching these high level grapplers with it
2: I think that uh, it was just six months ago or something when I really started to use it a lot so basically I learned this uh, many many years ago and uh, you know just one training I went for it, and when you catch somebody in something, you, you tend to continue work work with it. So I, I caught one guy with it in training, and then another guy, and then another guy, and I was just like, man,
4: this is really
2: <laughs> working. This is really working Line me. him up. So, yeah, and I started to, to, to uh, submit everybody in training with it, and then I was just like... If I get it in a fight, I'm gonna go for it.
0: What's different about it? Just describe what's slightly different about it. Don't give the the tricks away, obviously, but if somebody's watching and thinking it's not it doesn't look like a normal guillotine, what what is the difference?
2: The difference is that you are trapping the arm against your opponent's neck and your your arm on the other side. So basically, his arm is trapped between you and uh, and him between my ribcage and him. So you are on the side of his body. And the good thing about that is um, the side is very effective. It's hard to escape. And if they escape, you're almost always in a good position to scramble, to get out of there or to get on top. So like the regular guillotine, if they fail, you tend to end up on bottom in a bad position. So many coaches tell you, no, don't go for the guillotine. But this one, you're on the side of his body and it's uh, not as risky as that one. So uh, I really love it.
0: Slick, slick. There we go. Well, look, Jack, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. It's also an absolute pleasure just walking, watching you uh, skyrocket into the position you've been. I hope it uh, continues and you get the fight you want. I hope Copenhagen comes off because if you bring that uh, the UFC to Copenhagen, that's a, a hell of a thing to have achieved as well. So uh, uh, all the best. Do you want to let people know where, where they can catch you and where they can follow you and keep up with your story?
2: Thank you so much for having me, everybody out there. You
0: can follow me on Jack the Joker MMA on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So that was Jack Hermanson. Uh, honestly, mate, just feels so good for him. He's he's fresh blood in that middleweight division, which is exactly what it needs.
1: Yeah, I mean, like I say, he's in a bit of a t- tricky position because like he's been fighting quite regularly to get himself in that position, and but now when he's in that position, now it's like now, what if he wants to wait and fight the guys who have f- it's still like so much, and you know, you'll see how the how tie fight plays out, you'll see how Yo gets on against Costa, yeah. So you're waiting, and then it's the waiting game, and then one of them may get injured, and then see, so it's hard when you up there because, like, do you look behind you and fight someone, and, and then you fight someone like himself. Know, yeah, like it's where Jack Jack I had to do 100%. the same. Oh, okay, I would fight someone below me, like Manson, who's, you know, like gunning and want to come up there. So it's he a very tricky situation. But like like what he was saying is and like which makes a lot of sense. It depends what the UFC offer. Uh you have to have a look here. And if it's something they want to do, okay, right, I want to fight Chris Wyman because he's an ex champion. Okay, he's on a you know, yeah, mix at the moment, but oh, he's it's the an ex-champion. name, it's, it's, a name. it's the name, yeah, it's scalp. the name, it's a scalp. Yeah. Where, you know, like uh also like Anderson Silva, a legend in the sport. Brilliant, that'd be a nice name to on have your on my record uh, yeah, on yeah. my resume, yeah. you know. So it all depends what the offer is, you know, I, I
0: I think. Uh now we'll move on to our next interview. Someone who's not shy of taking offers and is already ten fights into his UFC career, which is phenomenal when you think he's only been it feels like he's only been around for a minute and uh he's done so much. So we're gonna jump and we're gonna talk to Platinum himself, Mr. Mike Perry. So we are joined by the one, the only platinum Mike Perry. How are you, mate?
3: Yay, I'm doing good, bro.
0: I'm in the building. <laughs> you're in the building. You're actually, uh, you're actually. We're in bed with Mike Perry now. That's not a sentence I was expecting to say today, mate.
2: Oh man, that's weird.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so let's set the scene for for us, uh, Mike. Whereabouts are you? You're in Florida, right?
3: Yes, sir. I'm at home and. And my girl got up to go to work this morning and she, she shook me a little bit. She gets notification if you ring the doorbell, right?
4: Okay. But the
3: doorbell don't ring through the whole house. And then she's like, I thought, I'm pretty sure that uh, USADA was here. and But there's, there's no missed calls on your phone. And I'm like, okay. So you woke me up to tell me that you thought they were here, but they're not here. And now I can't go back to sleep.
0: That's 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 top girlfriend work there, mate. They love doing that, don't they? Wake you up to tell you something that means absolutely nothing.
3: No, but she's she's the best, man. If because here's the thing: if I wake up and I go to the bathroom and then Usada comes, they're here for three hours because <laughs> I can't I can't pee for three more hours. I'm like, oh my god, these people are bothering me in my life right now. <laughs> Leave me alone. I'm the cleanest athlete on the roster.
0: <laughs> let's give it let's give a shout out to the the Platinum Princess. Daniel Nickerson is that is that correct? Is that the right name?
3: Yes sir. Danielle Nickerson, Platy Princess. <laughs> yeah.
0: My baby. Well, I'm going to tell you because I I follow you on Instagram and not not only is she obviously amazing support and uh and all the other stuff that that comes with being so close in your life, but That girl can cook, man. That Instagram where she's taking the plate out to you and all different meals coming to you one after the other, everyone different, everyone restaurant-level cooking from steaks to breakfast.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. She is great, man, I tell you. Uh, She was sick the other day for a couple of days, and I was trying to take care of her, but really she just needed rest, right? And, And I wasn't eating properly, because she was sick for 2 days i was like yo bro, you can't get sick no more you got to cook for me you got to cook all the time because i didn't i was eating toothpaste and stuff i was like
1: Oh so, so, right. so you're telling me you didn't cook for her when she was ill
0: i made her some soup man <laughs> <laughs> well listen this and, and and let me let me get this right as well so she's a pro athlete as well a tennis player correct
3: Yeah,
0: and and she trains with you because I saw some videos as well. She's been training with you for a while. I saw one where you you were sparring and you caught with a little body shot at the end (laughs) of the round. Like this is this is real couple goals, mate. Like I I want to I would like to do that with my wife, but she brings weapons to every every event.
3: Oh man, Danielle is. uh, I taught her a lot, man, about fighting. uh, But I won't let her fight. I mean, she comes to sparring sometimes and. I don't get to see the, the level of intensity that I would like to see in a shot thrown from an athlete out of girls and out of her. And, you know, some girls can throw punches like Cyborg. And I'm like, well, I don't want to see my girl get hit with a punch like Cyborg. So, I you know. I'm the fighter in the relationship, but I'll tell you what, I did teach her a lot on how to coach, and I think she does a fantastic job. She earns her spot in that corner every single camp.
0: Ruthless, but look, it's worked out. She, she's now a, a founding member of Platinum Martial Arts, I take it.
3: I swear. Yo, speaking of Ruthless, can I... I and I think I'm going to get that fight or it's,
0: it's between me and Darren Till, huh? Well, Matt, I, I honestly think because that, that quote that you, you put out after one of your fights where everyone wants to see me beat up Robbie Lawler. I mean, have they told you? I mean, obviously your name's in the mix there that Woodley's out now for sure. Uh, have you had a phone call? Have you got anyone? Have you got the, the, the awesome Abe Coward chasing, uh, chasing the UFC Mr. Shelby to see if he can tie this down?
3: The day before everybody knew that uh t woodley was Ooh.
0: out because
3: me and t woodley have the same management yeah and and now they're like waiting and waiting and i think they were waiting for that other ufc card and i thought and and then when it all came out and all these other welterweights i'm like ah oh, man there's some guys with some win streaks going i'm like you know they might deserve it i don't know but then i thought Oh, man, of all these guys asking, i probably get paid the least. They're probably going <laughs> to give it to
0: me. They can say, save some change, right?
3: <laughs> yeah, man. They're like, right, well, we got to pay Robbie, so let's pay Mike, too. And then, then we'll
0: keep the budget low. I, I watched one of your interviews. I think it was the interview after the the Cowboy Oliveira fight, which was just a stunning performance. And uh, uh, you were to, there was there was talk that you, you were kind of ignoring your corner because you felt so focused, you felt um so in there, so so switched on. I mean, what was what was different in that in that fight? What because you've got to control the 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 animal in you as well as the technician, and, and you did that really. You balanced it so well in that fight against an awkward opponent.
3: I'll tell you, man, it's a mindset. It's a a clarity in life, and it's it's having everything together so that when you get in the ring, you can focus on the things you need to focus on. And I remember times throughout camp being like, oh, man, I'm not thinking about the right things while I'm at training. And it's easy to get distracted, but but then you start going through the motions, and then um, you get in this point in your head where – you're not thinking. It's like an alpha mindset. It's having your mind in the right place, in the right time, and like, and just being free, really, to be honest with you, being free and not having anything bad to think about. Just, I was excited to be in the fight. I liked fighting someone like Oliveira who actually came to fight and the way he was bouncing around and moving <laughs> so fast. I was like, oh, yeah, this is going to be fun, man. <laughs> I've always been able to fight like that. And, you know, having fun with it is a big part of it. So I, I don't know. I guess I just grew up a lot, and that's why I looked that good in that fight. So I'm growing still, and the next fight's going to be an even better version of myself. And probably gonna get the KO. Mama said I saved it for the
0: next. <laughs> I think Mama might be right. There's a lot of power in those hands. I mean, speaking of the power, were you surprised that the sort of shots Cowboy Oliveira could take? That because you both laid it on each other, and and some of the, especially some of you, the, the clean shots you connected with. The fact he kept on coming, that that was impressive from him, right?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, a couple people put the thought in my head that it might have, it might have been less bad if he would have just went to sleep because the <laughs> fact that he stood there and took 10 right hooks to the back side of the head i'm sure he's still having headaches <laughs> uh,
0: so let's let's ask you about another thing that we've had people mention uh to us and it was well documented you and darren till obviously that's you both called each other out in, in the octagon we're, we're kind of hoping you get this robbie lawler fight but if not the darren till fight makes sense uh for us as well but You've had a little spar with, uh, with Darren Till. There was a, that video that went viral where Darren Till thought you were inviting him to go for a massage or a steam room or just chill out, and you were saying, no, let's spar. Tell us what, what happened there because there's some rumors that you only had one pair of gloves between you and no gum shield. It, what went down?
3: There was two pair of gloves. We had one pair of MMA gloves, and one pair of boxing gloves. So each of us wore one. And he's Southpaw, and I'm orthodox. So we wore the, the little glove on our jab, or on our power hand, and the big glove on our jab hand. What? And um, and we went in the room, and we they actually had broke down the, the UFC athletes' workout rooms So the mats weren't even on the floor anymore. And we went to the breakdown room and we took this back out. (laughs) We were carrying the mats across the hotel and like put them on the floor. And then there were these three guys in there. Three dudes saw the the sparring mats and they were sitting down waiting to do some jujitsu. And I wonder if they knew who we were. Wow. They didn't act like it, but.
1: Was it just all stand up or did you do any ground grappling at all?
3: Down, I'll tell you what, I went in to take him down. It's just his ways that you work in sparring, you know. And, sure. and when you try, and his straight left was sharp, I'll tell you that. He, he throws it just straight away. You see it next to his face, and then it hits you in the face. Wow, it's very sharp, it's quick. And then once I started flipping that and working my head in on my tights and stuff, I grabbed at his hips. So he's got a very solid base. He's very heavy, wasn't able to move him. Plus, I was sparring him when he wasn't, you know, he didn't just cut weight. He was, yeah. you know, probably 200 pounds. And when I went to move his hips, I was like, ah, <laughs> he got a good base. And then he was, uh, which I've learned from since, he was able to, you know, turn his hips and trip me and toss me to the ground once or twice. And... um I was able to get inside and, and land some little close-up Mike Tyson punches. And we just worked for three fives, too. We did 15 minutes. And then we were both tired at the end of it, you know. and just We it. just didn't need to do any more. Anyways, it was just a good little uh, square up. And so, you know, either way, man, whoever want to fight, they know I'm here.
0: Hey, look, you are must-see TV, mate. And I've also got to touch on another story that that I heard, um, that Array saved your life in a uh, <laughs> in a sort of yeah. bit of tomfoolery, as we would call it in the UK, in the gym, while he was having some UFC, they were filming, was it embedded? And uh, you were in the background having a little bit of fun, and it almost turned sour. Just, just tell people what that story is, because it blew my mind when I heard this.
3: Yeah, um, that was an epiphany for me. He was. He was working out in the gym, and I put this stupid rubber thing around my neck, and I I was like, Oh, I'm gonna do neck exercises and (laughs) choke myself, and and I passed out in two seconds, (laughs) and I hit my face on this metal bar, and I don't even know I'm out. I'm (laughs) asleep. Whoa. And there were people there, like, Oh, Mike, quit playing, and they're just watching me hang. And as Jacare sees it, it comes running over and grabs me off the thing. And then I'm waking up to all these people grabbing me. I'm like, I'm sorry, man. I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> but it gave, me, it gave me a great epiphany that, you know, I had nothing to be afraid of when I go in the octagon and fight. All the pressure, all the people wanting me to win, all the people this and... And, you know, it's what they expect from me and, and all that. And all the money I got to win and help my mom and family and stuff. And, no, none of that matters. It's The point that I made it to the Octagon, and that gave me great confidence because I always make that. I make the walk every single time. And I got in there, and there was just... And his song helped, too. You know, Robbie Lawler comes out to some whack songs. <laughs> I know Darren Till came out to a good song against Cowboy. I was like, oh, that's a good walkout song. Now he always comes out to Sweet Caroline. I'm like, oh, he, <laughs> he switched it up, man. He used to come out to some good
1: stuff. Phil Collins, I think, yeah, so, in the So yeah, you're tonight. basically telling us that to have a bit of an advantage against you, we have to come out to a really bad song. and then, then we're <laughs> If we come out to a real good song, we're in trouble. Yeah,
3: yeah. So my opponents are going to pick crappy songs.
1: <laughs> so I'm not in a good mood. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, let, let's talk
0: a bit about your training partners as well, just just briefly before before we let, let you go. There's, I'll just look at some of the, the killers you're working with. Jacare, obviously, uh, one of the, my favourites, who's transitioned from BJJ to MMA now, and I've been lucky enough to call two of his fights. Me and Brad are actually calling his next fight in Poland at uh, ACA. Uh, Rodolfo Fiera as well. Um, these are cr- You've got some crazy training partners, mate. I mean, what's what's it like to, turning up at the gym? How do you get out of bed when you know you've got to face all those killers, or or is that what excites you?
3: They're the nicest guys in the world. 100%. They're so nice every time they see, brother, what's up, bro? <laughs> but they are ready to train. And, you know, they, they're they all smooth technique on the ground and stuff like that. It's all about flowing and staying relaxed. Man, I got Hadolfo armbarred me yesterday with 15-ounce boxing gloves on. Wow. He got me. But, um, man, he it was his fifth round. They were working. And... And I'm ready for these guys to fight, so we can get the pressure put back on me, because I need more pressure at training. I need them. I need some. Uh, hopefully, I get this fight, so that they can turn the training focus onto me, and I can get ten different dudes in five different five-minute rounds and get that extra work. But that's how coach is over there, man. We, if you got fight. We're putting all the focus on you, putting all the work on you, and and you're gonna get what you need to beat anybody. So we we prepare ourselves to win any fight.
0: And it's exciting because you you are evolving every fight as well. We're seeing little incremental switches in your or growths in your game. So seeing you evolve as a martial artist under these big spotlights is it, exciting as well. And. For Brad, that always excites him. So you will, he will wonder what it would be like to train with you, what it would like to be on the mat with you. Whereas for me, Mike, I wonder what it would be like to go out on a night with Mike Perry. Just, just set the scene. Where are we going? What are we drinking? What time do we get home?
3: Oh, man. Well, relationship, Mike, isn't too much fun anymore, man. We just Me and Danielle <laughs> might go get some cheese and wine and then go home uh, around 4 p.m. Sounds very sophisticated. That's, that's, but back in the day, me and my boys, let's now, do that, let's... let's... downtown Orlando, we take shots of tequila, <laughs> we got street meat outside in the car, and we hitting all the clubs. We It don't even matter, bro. <laughs> 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 that was
1: how it used to be. I love it. That uh, sounds like Brian's every weekend. That's that sounds like fun
0: to me, dude. Uh, look, we've got a few questions from listeners as well, and again, we've had a huge response to you get coming on the podcast. So thank you very much for joining us.
3: Wonderful. Uh, uh, so thank got- you, England. Thank
0: you, BT Sport. Man, you got you got a lot of love over here. And, and the first question, in fact, is from uh, a <laughs> great Twitter name at Probe the A51. Um, uh, would you like to fight in the UK again? Do you Absolutely. like us fans over here I definitely
3: man. want to fight in the UK. I want to, get, I want to uh, go see London. I saw Manchester. I would like to see London. And how about the guy who beat Danny Roberts the other night? He Dude. Does, he, he put on a good show, but I think I could show some reasons as to why he was able to look so good. And he was in a good mindset that night, too. You see, he was crying right before he went in the ring. He was sure. accomplishing his dream.
0: There's a question here from a Darren Till fan page at Darren Till Team 2. What would it mean for you to be welterweight champion and how, if, would it change you?
3: Man, I wish I could see how it would change me. I'm sure things would change. I mean, I constantly battle, all right, should, should I be a nice guy right now? I'm constantly battling that and it depends on people's responses and sometimes people get me. And they'll get me with a a witty response that, like, they're making fun of me, and I won't catch it. It'll go over my head, and, like, I'll let them slide. And then I'll think about it 15 minutes after they're gone and be like, oh, that's trying to make (laughs) fun of me. I should kill him. And, uh, you know what I mean? So, you know, I'm not – maybe I could get a little smarter. Maybe that might change. I don't know. Or care about things less. That's the only things I see changing and buying a house. That'd
0: be nice. Yeah, but well, Listen, don't go changing, mate. We're absolutely loving having Mike Perry in our lives, and this this last is, is not a question; it's a comment. As from at Swift Elbow on uh, Instagram, it just says a lot of love for Mike Perry and watching him fight. No question to to ask him. I just want to pass on some love, positivity, and say I appreciate the grind he's putting in. So I think we can all echo that because, yeah, you are must see TV, my friend. I was so excited to get you on the podcast. I got to say thanks to Abe for for hooking us up with this and uh, and just. I hope this ride keeps going man because you do, you're doing big things and you're catching the eyes and the hearts of the fans.
3: I appreciate you guys, man. Really. <laughs> thank you. Thank you gentlemen so much and, and I appreciate all the fans showing me love. That's what I'm in this sport for, to be honest with you, man, is to get love and just I just want people to know, like, dang, that's a tough dude right there. You don't want to mess with him. And that's me. So, oh, if you sign a fight with Mike Perry, you get paid. (laughs) Mike Perry signs a fight, boy, he's getting paid. We are getting paid to kill people
0: professionally. Let's go. Let's go. And let let people know where they can catch you and follow this journey, mate, so that, uh, yeah, they can keep in touch with you and follow what's going on.
3: Hey, I'm big on Instagram, Platinum Mike Perry. Please follow me at Platinum Mike Perry or on Twitter at Platinum Perry. Every time when the fights are on, I like to tweet a couple of things out. And then uh, you know, if there's a fight opening I like to you know talk a little trash on there so <laughs> follow your boy at platinum perry and platinum mike perry take a look
0: <laughs> listen i know there's some bacon with your name on it now mate so you go enjoy that uh you have a great day and once again thank you for coming on the podcast hope, hope we can get you in studio one day that'd be amazing
3: definitely i'll be in england soon enough cheers to my mates over there bro <laughs> appreciate you gentlemen
0: all right thank you mike <laughs> peace thank have you. a good day mate take care Gotta love a bit of Mike Perry. You gotta love that was amazing.
1: That was, <laughs> like, I'm That was the most fun interview I've done. It's, it's just, just so fun.
0: That's that's what we, like when people come on, he is what he is, isn't he? That's that's the thing, and and that's what's shining. And sometimes that can be like marmite for people, but there's something about him, and I think it's because of his fighting style as well. It, I
1: mean, he's just a realist, you know. Like, uh, yeah, he, it, yeah, he, he doesn't change. If that makes sense, you know, some people have. Uh, like an in-camera person and behind-camera, he—he is the same. <laughs> you know, he, he <laughs> threw me a little he, bit yeah. with the wine and cheese. I'm gonna be yeah, honest. Yeah, that, did, that me, was me. it.
0: Yeah, so but <laughs> yeah, it sounded very
1: sophisticated.
0: Uh, we had a few listener questions in there. We've got a couple more, so we'll uh, we'll crack on with them now. So Scott Lamb on Facebook. Now Scott Lamb contacted us on Instagram, Facebook and on email as well. He's joined the... Do you know Scott
1: Lamb? I think this guy's also messaged me personally and really want... Uh, give, give me the question. Yeah, I'll get, I, he, he's, I think he's messaged all of us on yeah, every man. medium. I think a carrier pigeon is on the way. And it's actually, so if honest. I remember right, it's actually a really good it's question. awesome.
0: Yeah. That's why I've stuck it him. So first of all, Scott, thank you for... because uh, not they're Persevering. On Facebook. Yeah, persevering yeah. And well, welcome to the, the, the One Punch UFC pod team. Uh, this is it. Brad, what are your thoughts on fighters not willing to face training partners, even for the belt? And he, he gives examples like Askren versus Woodley Machida Anderson. Why is it so hard to put friendship aside when it's a lifelong goal it's like a, a dream goal
1: because yeah, i remember he used it as an analogy like uh two uh American football yeah so
0: brady versus one of his best mates I, I don't know anything about american football mate i'm not gonna lie i yeah. I've, I've only written it in note form what okay. the question is but thanks for that brad
1: yeah okay. but, <laughs> but 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 he reason that was important was because comparing two different sports sure Punching someone in the face, yeah, mortal is, is a bit. It's a bit. You're trying to hurt. It's not like uh, I'm playing baseball against another baseball team, yeah. and we're, we're, of course that that's a good. Or even tennis. You know, you can have good rivalry in tennis. It, it, it does cross the line a little bit when you're trying to physically hurt someone. Yeah, you know. Uh, not saying that we have to be uh, enemies, but. I think it'd be really hard to fight like say for me one of my best pals growing up training bars was Mike Brown I don't think I could ever fight Mike um, don't get me wrong we beat the crap out of each <laughs> you other you probably had your biggest yeah, fights yeah, with your best yeah, mates yeah, 100% yeah, yeah. And, and that's what we need but it's a bit different it, it, I just it just would not sit well for me because just knowing how much winning and losing in not in training winning and losing in the fight game yeah what you it know, means it would mean to you. And, and, and for me I'd find that really hard. Some people don't. And, yeah, you know, so like John Jones and Rashad Evan back in the day, they were training partners, but obviously they were just training partners and not pals. So yes, if you're not... It's not what, not what Rashad thought. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but that's exa- exactly how it was. Yeah, it's like, hey, because yeah. yeah. he took it how I would take it. I'm like, oh, you want to fight me? Yeah, Seriously? Yeah. yeah. Okay, we're not on that level anymore as friends. You know, so that, that's how I, I see it. It's a, a very, very good question. But... um yeah, it would be tricky if you like you're both in the same weight class and trying Can to you push train for together. And you've, yeah. you, look, you look at where uh, TJ Dillashaw and Uriah Faber and all that, and that's what I mean when the, Garbrandt, Garbrandt, and then then they kind of have to split and go their separate ways. Great question, Scott Lamb.
0: Well done for sending us 87 messages to get it on, <laughs> on the show. <laughs> Next one, Tom Quinn. Um, will we see Brad and you on uh, uh, Dan Hardy's open mat now? Brad, Brad, I think they've asked, they've asked you. But I watch UFC a little different to most people. And the, the open mat format would be sit up all night, watch the UFC, and then do it, which I think after I've had three or four beers and watched the UFC, and then you don't want me stood with a kebab by no, the but TV. But that's
1: when you think you probably can do it. That's that's where that's where 90% of people out there go, right, I've had a few, a few beers. I've had my kebab. Bless yeah, who, let's wants it, yeah, who wants it, mate? Open mat, let's roll. Um, so I think
0: they've, they're have they going to ask you one, aren't they, mate? That'd be, that's I, I believe so. Like,
1: yeah, something I definitely would like to do. Yeah, so uh, hopefully, show they hopefully to... About, I've got two kids though, so it, I know they do it quite late. Hopefully, I'm still
0: awake. That's you know. awesome. You're a little bit tired in the corner, all curled up. Um, but we'll wait and see for that. So, what have we got ahead? We've got UFC Stockholm, and this this is what I like about the European events. Obviously, lots of European fighters on there, lots at stake. Uh, Alexander Gustafsson takes on Anthony Smith. Both uh, lost to Jon Jones. Uh, both sort of talked about. Taking some time away from the sport, and then suddenly they're headlining an event in Stockholm. It's what does this do for them? Either one that, that wins this, this is this really just to get him back on track?
1: And yeah, I mean, I, I, think, it's I, I, I it's a, think it's a great fight. It's a great fight. It's a strange place for Alex to be, to be. It is a very good fight, but you see, it's a strange place for Alex to be in a little bit more. I think it's a bit more appealing to Anthony Smith. You know, like I reckon Alexander, you know, could maybe go up to. Heavyweight, anyway, you know. He's uh, big, uh, mate. I've been he's there. A big, he's a big, big dude. long guy. And sometimes with his, he has great foot movement and he's a lot more athletic than yeah. these big guys, you know. He, you know, just depending on the matching stars, you can, I can outbox a lot of them uh, superb so that's on
0: if you want to check the uh, the BT Sport social media for their scheduling at BT Sport UFC on Twitter at BT Sport on Instagram and um, that is pretty much it for this week I'm off I am actually going fishing now mate I'm disappearing off into the wilderness like a Jack Manson. probably uh, an unnamed lager of choice will be uh, will be my fishing
1: companion I, I would say break your leg but you've, <laughs> <laughs> you've pretty much done that with your knee anyway
0: I've, 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 I've ruined it but as we say we're going to be coming back we'll be back next week looking forward to that uh we've got lots to talk about and we'll get you some more fantastic guests so keep supporting the show share the podcast as well tag us in to to who you share it with we uh uh, we always appreciate that at one underscore punch on instagram and twitter for brad at brian Lacey mma uh for me on instagram and twitter and we will be back with one final word from Mr. Pick. Yeah,
1: yeah, okay. <laughs> Not final words, little sentence. obviously, yeah. So we, we had an extra trial period out to try and help this keep growing and growing. You know, we have a, yeah. a lot of interest. Yeah, so if you guys as well could help us out more by sharing it, like we 100%. said we said before, go knock on your neighbours door, make sure they're they're <laughs> downloading it. You know, take it to your school if you're young enough and you're at school, you tell everyone to do it there. Yeah. Just spread the word. Spread the word, spread the love. All right, we'll see you next week. Take care. <laughs> Happy birthday, dear Brian. No abomination, <laughs> yes. Lacey. Happy birthday to you. When is actually your birthday? In about
4: two weeks, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So I'm going to do that again. <laughs>